Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Maddie, thanks for coming in and, and talking with us a bit. Hey, tell me a little bit about how you ended up coming to Heartlight. Um, so it kind of started out at home. Uh, I was failing all my classes. I was hanging out with the wrong people. Oh. I was <laughs> drinking a lot, a lot more than I should have been. And I was kind of like, I think if I wouldn't have come to Heartlight, I probably would have been dead in about two months. And... Well, let's back up. You're flunking out of everything at school. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even care anymore. Why? Why? What was what was going on that was kind of causing you to just go, okay, I quit? Um, I kind of just gave up. I was at a point where I was like, okay, my parents have these expectations that are unrealistic for me. Um, my life is falling apart. All my friends are betraying me. Um, I felt like I really didn't have anyone in the world. I was putting my identity in everyone around me. And I basically just kind of gave up on everything. Okay, but you, I mean, you were going to a Christian school, weren't you? Yeah, Christian school. Yeah, did that make it worse or did it make it better? Um, it's a private Christian school, yeah. so it. a lot of people don't really realize. I think parents, too, like, it doesn't matter if it's a Christian school. It's still a school full of teenagers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And we're, we're all teenagers. We're, we're, we do make bad decisions, and so— it doesn't change the fact that it's Christian. It was still terrible. And the kids, like, drinking, smoking, just crazy all the time. And it's easy to fall into that crowd. Okay, so you kind of fell into that. I mean, was it was it just the attempt to try to find somebody to hang with, to find somebody to engage with? Were you lonely? Did you feel like you were? I think for me, I just— I didn't know who, where my identity was. I didn't know what I wanted. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start drinking. I'm going to see where that gets me. And then, like, trying to fit in led to me drinking, like, every day because I realized, oh, whenever I drink and get really drunk, I forget everything. It takes my mind off of my family life. It takes my mind off of how awful my life is going right now. Wow. And when did you start seeing that your life was going bad? When you go, okay, I something's not right. Was it a slow kind of slide into the mess, or was it just one day you woke up and said, okay, I'm done? Um, I think it was gradual. Like, junior high was already rough, but I think freshman year of high school, it was just like, guys started to notice me. I started getting just the wrong attention, and I started falling in with the wrong people, which my parents wanted one thing, but I chose to do, like, a different path. I didn't want to do what they said. I wanted to do my own thing, and I think just months of that gradually led to me just getting to a really low point in my life. And the first time, like, this was freshman year, mm. I attempted suicide. 
And that was the first time I'd really like just hit the lowest point of my life. Like just everything was just crashing down. My friends hated me. My ex, we had just broken up and I was manipulating everyone. I was lying. And so like, it was just, my stories were all messed up and wow. like just everything had just fallen apart. Wow. Okay. How does somebody that's as pretty as you, that is as personable as you get into that mess? I mean, that's like everything falling apart around you. I mean, it's like, how does that happen? Um, for me, it happened because I did not know where my identity was. I didn't even know who I wanted to be. I didn't know anything about myself. And I was just trying to figure out, like, who I wanted to be. And and it all just led to me, like, drinking. I was like, oh, I, I like to drink. Oh, I, I like the bad type of guys. I like getting in with the wrong crowd. I'm yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it also, like, for me, I just gave up in school. And so for me, it just kind of, it didn't really, I don't really, some people, it's like, why did you do that? Like, you just asked, like, why, how could someone like you do that? And a lot of people just don't know behind the scenes. Like, one, I just didn't really care anymore. I didn't want to be all this. I didn't want to be perfect. I didn't like all the expectations I had in my life. Like, I wanted to figure it out for myself, but I didn't even know my identity or who I was. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So your mom and dad at that point, how was your relationship with them? Oh, it was awful. We didn't get along at all. Like just arguing, yelling. I would just leave. I would make up lies of where I was just so I don't have to be around them. Like wow. we didn't get along whatsoever. Okay. And so then they go, Okay, we we're not it's not working at home. We gotta do something different. You're going to Heartlight. How was that taken? Uh well. So we had Christmas break, and they did not tell me. I kept asking, like, what's the plan? Am I going back to school? And <laughs> they told me that morning because I think if they would have told me over break, I would have figured out a way to yeah, run yeah, and not yeah. come. <laughs> but they told me um, the morning before I got on a plane, like four hours in advance of getting on a plane, and they're like, hey, you're going to this boarding school. And I was like, what? A boarding school? Wow. And, and like they said, it's called Heartlight in Texas. I'd never heard of this before or anything. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was so mad. I was like, you can't send me away. This is my home. This is where I live. My friend, my friends, everyone around me, this is where I belong. And they're like, no, you're going to this boarding school. And so I got on a plane. I stayed in Dallas for a little bit, and they sent me here. Yeah. And so so you come here. Tell me about the first couple of three months that you were here. <laughs> uh, it was pretty awful. So your first three months at Heartlight was a mess. You ended up on a train, and you left one night from Heartlight. What was that about? <laughs> well, okay. So the first three months I was here, I did not want to be here. I was mad at my parents. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get out of here and go somewhere and just live on my own. I thought I could live on my own at 16. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, my first three months here, I just was mad at everyone. I didn't want anyone to help me. I didn't want anyone to get into my life and know any of my junk or anything. And so I messed around a lot here and then just... One night we ran and we got on the freight train. <laughs> and how far did you go? We <laughs> got all the way to Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, that's like 100 miles away. You jumped off. Somebody brings you back. We were in the worst part of Texarkana. Yeah, yeah. In okay, so part. so you come back. I, I mean, but so what switched? What changed? Where did the where where did that that switch get turned that you finally said, okay, I need something different or want something different? I think I realized after, like, this is the fifth time being on restriction, I just drinking a bunch of Lysol, just making stupid decisions. And 
I realized, like, what am I, literally, what am I doing? Where am I going in life? I literally, I remember this day so clearly. I was just sitting outside by the school weeding, and we were just sitting out there with, I was sitting out with my staff, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm a mess in life right now. I'm falling apart. I don't know who I want to be. I don't know anything about myself. I I can't do this anymore. I need help. And so she's like, okay, well, you got to work on turning on your help switch. And I was like, okay. So I was like, hey, do you think you could help me out? And that was the first time I'd really asked for like help from someone. And so. (laughs) So when did your parents start to see the difference? Um, I think a week after that, we had our first good conversation on our phone call where I wasn't screaming at them. I didn't end up crying and throwing a huge fit. It was the first time I was like, hey, how are you guys? Um, I miss home a little. I did, that was when I started like, mm. it's like I kind of miss home. I miss my family. And so I started talking to them again. And and this was how far into Heartlight? This was at my three and a half months, I think. Yeah. So things started to change. So what changes do you see in yourself? Right now, um, I feel a lot more confident. I'm not the same, like, I don't need to wear a bunch of makeup. I don't need out. I don't need to, like, impress everyone. I feel like I'm starting to discover, like, my identity and who I want to be. And I actually want to go to college and get a job. And I really want to have a life. And I think that I've become a lot more aware, self-aware, like, for myself and aware, like, emotionally aware. And I think my relationship with my parents has also gotten a lot better. Like, I'm able to talk to them more, yeah. relate with them more, and understand where they're coming from. Okay, which, so you're, and you're going to be going home sometime soon. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge when you go back home? Just remembering, like, I'm still under their roof. And, like, what they're doing, their decisions, they're doing, it's what's best for me. And yeah. they love me, even if it's strict and hard. Like, they're just doing what's best for me, and they love me a lot. Yeah, you think they love you? A lot? I mean, do you know that at your core? Do you love yeah. them? Uh, <laughs> six months ago, no. <laughs> but now I I really do love them. Okay, so when you think about that, you think that'll motivate you to keep doing well and listen to them when you get home? I mean, it's easy to love somebody from a distance. I think it's going to be a struggle, and I think I'm most likely going to get home and struggle a little, but I'm not going to be perfect and... I'm definitely going to mess up and listening to them, but um, the staff here have helped a lot in helping me. Like yeah. they feel like yeah. a lot more like parent figures, and so I'm kind of learning. Like I've got to listen to them and what they're telling me. They're just telling me out of love, not of like I want to control every move you do. But. Yeah. Okay. So if there's parents out there listening to this and they have a child that is just like you were, what? Um, wisdom could you give them? What could you tell them that they could be doing to help somebody like you were? I would say they would just need to learn how to listen to their kid and like just understand where they're coming from and remembering what it was like to be in high school and how like if they had their parents like tell them something to, or tell them what to do and be strict with them, like how it felt and how sometimes like in high school you need you need your parents to understand you, you need to, to listen to you and give you the advice you need, but not restrict you from everything. And you also need yeah. to figure things out on your own. For me, I know that I need to figure things out on my own. I can't I can't be restricted. I mean, I have to have some level of rules, yeah, sure, but sure. I've got to figure out life on my own or I'm just going to be this shelter, like literally just under a rock and I'm going to get out in the real world and realize I don't know how to do anything. Wow, wow. <laughs> 
Well, you've done well. You've done really well. I mean, from jumping on a train to uh, to now talking about graduating from Heartlight and going back home and making it. I mean, it's it's truly been a miracle um, with you, and you've done a great job, and we're so proud of you. Oh, thanks. Cool. Well, thanks for being a part today. Yeah. So it's neat to hear your story. Yeah. You love your teen, but lately, you don't recognize them. Your daughter starts talking, acting, and dressing like a total stranger. Your son loses all interest in engaging. You tiptoe around them, trying to get through, but unable to overcome the sudden distance between you. What happened? You're not alone. Situations like this are normal, even in the most wonderful families. Mark Gregston has walked with thousands of families going through difficult times with their teens, and even experienced it firsthand. He's helped them navigate their teens' most difficult years, and he can help you too. In his book, What's Happening to My Teen, Mark shares stories of change, hope, and compassion that will give you insight and wisdom into what's happening in your home and in the heart of your teen. It's not a magic spell to fix everything, but it can give you encouragement and practical advice for the road ahead. You can order What's Happening to My Teen by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Hey, Karis, thanks for uh, being a part of the program today. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 17 years old, and I'm from Tennessee. Um, I love the mountains. And yeah. Wow. Okay. How did you end up coming to Heartlight? How did, I mean, Heartlight's a place in, in uh, East Texas where we have 60 high school kids that live here with us and mm-hmm. they come and spend some time. But how did you end up here? Well, um, it's kind of a weird story. I have six siblings. Yeah. And um, all of them are like goody two shoes. I always felt like the black sheep. And um, when I started to get older, I started to get into. Things that I kind of just wanted to make my own path from my parents. Um, Kind of never, I didn't want to do what they wanted me to do. So um, in high school, I guess I started to get into the Mm. wrong kind of stuff. And that's what sent me here. Not necessarily because I wanted to do those things, just because I kind of wanted to do the opposite of what my parents wanted me to do. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because that means the stuff that you were doing is really being controlled by your parents. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. so you started doing stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't necessarily because I want, like, the things I would do, like smoking, for example, it wasn't something that, like, I really wanted to do. It was just, like, I felt like I just needed to check it off, like, a high school bucket list type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, High, this is what all high schoolers do, so I'm just going to do it because yeah. that's what everybody else is doing, and I'm just, like, checking it off my list. But, like, I wasn't planning on continuing to yeah, do it. It was yeah. just, like, something I wanted to kind of get out of the way so I could say, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like, been there, you know, just kind of wanted to just experience something on my own. I kind of felt like my parents controlled every area of my life, and that was an area that they couldn't control, I yeah, felt like. yeah. Because it's like I could make my own decisions. Yeah, they were bad decisions, but they were my own choices. And that's what I liked. Like smoking, for example, like my parents would never make that decision for me. So I made it for myself because I was like, well, my parents, 
I felt like they control every area of my life. They make me do like every, like, mm. I don't know. That's the only thing I felt like I had control of yeah. was the bad decisions I could make. So you're taking control of your life. When did you start to realize that, wait a minute, this isn't turning out like I wanted it to? Yeah. Well, I think ever since I was like probably about like 10 years old, I started to feel like I was pushing away everything my parents were like forcing me to do. Like religion, for example, mm-hmm. like I have very strict Christian conservative parents and um, I always kind of wanted to rebel against it. Like whenever my parents would make me go to church or that would make me not want to go to church. And I like went to a Christian school and everything. So I felt like that really pushed me away more than anything when they were trying to do the right thing by raising me up in the way I should go or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, it's like, it did kind of the opposite effect, yeah. but being here, I feel like it's really helpful because um, I don't have them standing over my shoulder or anything. It's like, I'm actually making my own choices yeah. and decisions. And I feel like I've been growing more here in like my faith than yeah. I ever was at home because I have the kind of the freedom yeah. to discover things for myself. So honestly, since I've gotten here, I feel like I've grown a lot in that area because I've just kind of, you know what, I'm going to forget what my parents have told me my whole life and just kind of look at things with a fresh start and fresh yeah, yeah, eyes. Yeah. And I feel like that's been helpful, like more than anything is just like making my own decisions, making my own choices. Cause yeah. like I said, I don't have them over my back. So I'm like choosing to actually think about things and dig deeper because yep. it's yep. my choice. Yeah. Well, you know, and I don't know whether that's, that's that your parents were wrong. Yeah. I think it's more that you're just, you're wired differently. Yeah. You know, and you go, you can't be, you can't have seven kids in a family and they all be wired the same mm-hmm. and, or all, they all learn the same either. I mean, and so we kind of take mom and dad out of the picture here mm-hmm. and say, okay, start making your own decisions. Yeah. Let's, let's let you do it. And, mm-hmm. and so I think I it's interesting that. how you kind of come up with all that. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you'd be if you wouldn't have come here? I probably would still be in that season right now. Wow. So I think being here is really helpful in maturing me saying, well, I don't need this season. Like it's not all that everyone says it is. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, do you think most people have like a high school bucket list that these are the things I want to do by the time I graduate from high school? I think so. Maybe not like an actual bucket list, but I'm like most people try new things and that's kind of where my like excuse was in my mind. Like everybody experiments with this stuff in high school. Like I, I want to, I don't want to miss out on what everybody else is doing, you know? You think curiosity is sometimes interpreted as rebelliousness? That's how I felt like my parents were like 100%. And you just thought you were being curious to find out the stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So probably a little bit more free flowing Mm -hmm. in your mindset and stuff. Yeah. That's how I always felt. I always felt like where the disconnect with my parents was is I feel like I'm more free spirited and open minded while my, I feel like my parents are closed minded and judgmental. And so that's where it's different. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that means you're normal, you know. I yeah. mean, because and, most people think that their parents are, are, mm-hmm. are more close-minded and, and judgmental. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the interesting part: is that the, th- the things that you thought you were going to do for just a little while, you've ended up doing for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And so that was the very thing that they were going against, because they're going, "I don't want you to start something that you can't give up," you know, like smoking yeah. or whatever, you know. And and I go, I, I think it's a hard road to follow sometimes that parents get stuck trying to figure out 
okay, how do we deal with a child that's a little bit different? And then at the same time, nobody's handed you an instruction book on how to do it Mm -hmm. either. And so, you know, I I think that's where people get lost sometimes, not intentionally. I I don't think I've ever met anybody that said, you know, I'd really like to be lost here and not know Mm -hmm. what to do. Uh, but I think people get there pretty quick, and yeah. um, or people don't know how to give directions or something. So, how's your relationship with your family now? When I first came to Heartlight, I felt like um, very bitter, and mm. I I'm not very much of an angry person. I feel like my anger kind of just melts to sadness really quick. Wow. So, on I was transported. So, I so know. your parents were scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. So I was transported here, and on the whole car ride here, which was like 19 hours, I yeah. think, I was really I, I my emotions fluctuated between anger and sadness. I thought yeah. of so many things to say to them, but I ended up not saying any of those things because I'm not an angry person. It just kind of melted to sadness yeah, really yeah. quick. Yeah. So my phone calls have been hard because I've just been really sad. Like it's hard because I miss them a lot, but I don't feel like. They miss me as much. Yeah. Um, so it's just hard. But my relationship with my dad and my mom are very different. Like, I'm a total daddy's girl, like, mm. really close with my dad. But my relationship with my mom has kind of always been strained. So it's hard, especially I think distance is good yeah. for my relationship yeah. with my mom. But I definitely miss them a lot. My relationship, I feel like, is pretty good compared to a lot of the other kids that can't have a phone time with their parents yeah, if they're yeah, like fighting yeah. or whatever. So I think it's good on the scale, but it's not where I want it to be. So I know whenever I leave Heartlight, I will have, I know for a fact that I'll be close with my parents for like a long lasting yeah, friendship with my parents. Yeah. I think a relationship with parents during the adolescent years is kind of like the tides. Mm-hmm. There's an ebb and flow. And, and so you're closer Especially, you know, daughters are closer to dads, yeah, and sons are closer to moms. It's just mm-hmm. the way that it works. That's yeah, why scripture. That's why there's a scripture that says a man shall leave his mother, and a woman leave her home, which is her dad. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's just kind of normal. Anyway, I, it looks like you got a great perspective on things, and mm-hmm. and uh, I just want to thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.